Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of scripture and prayer. Let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord God, for this day, for your word, for your grace abiding in our hearts, for the path of salvation that once again you allow us to walk today. We present all our needs to you, Lord. We ask, as we trust in your merciful love, you to answer these prayers. We pray for one another. We pray for our church, our nation, and our world. We pray for our elections and our unborn. And we pray now that you will open your word to us once again and enable us to see how to faithfully live it and effectively proclaim it through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbitrator? Then he said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them this parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do? For I do not have space to store my harvest. And he said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods. And I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for so many years. Rest. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you. And the things that you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for the one who stores up treasure for himself, but is not rich in what matters to God. This actually is a passage that gives us a key argument for the pro-life cause, a key argument against abortion. Brothers and sisters, what was the mistake that the fool made? It wasn't, Jesus is not saying that it's wrong to own things or even wrong to own a lot of things. His land produced a bountiful harvest. That's something good. He worked hard. He he committed himself to tilling that land. God gives us a share in his lordship over creation. The problem was that he was focused just on his own security. Let me build up for myself these goods so that I, my life, will be secure. I will have everything I need I won't be in a situation where perhaps sharing some things with others out of generosity will cause me some inconvenience. 
This is at the core of the problem we have in, in between the culture of life and the culture of death. There are many who, starting with the scientific realities about the baby in the womb, will have to agree with us that is a baby. As we always say, you know, when we try to persuade people of the pro-life position, we've got all the arguments from human reason, from logic, from science, psychology, all the evidence is on our side. This is a baby, abortion destroys the baby, abortion harms the mother. Now the scientific arguments can take us a long way, but we cannot drop or ignore the religious and spiritual arguments, not only because they are intrinsically essential to what we want to accomplish in having a culture of life, but also because most of the American people are indeed people of faith. You can't ignore what motivates them and, and, and what they ultimately guide their lives by. And this, this lesson in seeking the things that matter to God rather than just storing up treasure for ourselves affects the abortion decision directly. Because ultimately the scientific arguments can take us to the point of saying, you know what? That unborn baby is a baby, even from conception, and abortion is the destruction of a human life. But then you have a whole group of people who say, that doesn't matter to me. I know it's the destruction of a human life, but my autonomy is more important. My freedom is more important. The, more and more abortion supporters talk in exactly this way, and they have done so for decades. I know that this is the taking of a human life. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care. And they're putting what is important to themselves first, just like the fool did in this gospel passage. Because having that child is going to change the center of gravity of one's life. Now, it's not just my plans, my desires, what I want. It's what does this child need? Sure, life is going to change. Sacrifices are going to have to be made. How I make my plans, how I spend my time, how I spend my money. Do I have enough money? Then I shall store all my grain and other goods and say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for years. Rest, eat, drink, be merry. How many abortions are motivated by that very same idea? Let me store up for myself my treasure, my plans. I have a future to pursue. I have an education and a career to preserve. I already have enough children. I can't afford another one, neither financially nor mentally nor physically. Now, we all know that there are real limits to what a person can do, but I'm talking here about the self-centered attitude. The scientific arguments only take us so far. Once you say, I know that that's a human being, but I indeed want to choose to preserve goods for myself rather than to give myself away for that child, the only counter to that are the spiritual arguments, the arguments of faith. Jesus says, don't store up treasure for yourself. Store up and become rich in what matters to God. What matters to God? Love which is self-sacrificing. 
I'm going to focus on the life of the other. I'm going to welcome the life of the child. I'm going to turn around the center of gravity from myself to this other life that God has entrusted to me. That's what matters to God. That self-giving, generous, life-giving service. Become rich in that. The scientific arguments can't take you there. They can establish, yes, this is a human life, but as soon as the soul says it doesn't care, I'm going to focus on becoming rich for myself. I'm not talking about rich in, the, in terms of being a millionaire. I'm talking about putting my own plans, desires, security, and convenience first, even if it means throwing the baby out into the garbage, rather than putting first the love, the service, the welcome, the respect that that other life deserves, and understanding this, and again, this is the spiritual argument for pro-life, not the scientific one. Where do we find happiness? Where do we find fulfillment? Not by pushing the other person out of the way so that we can fill our barns, but by pushing ourselves out of the way. Pushing ourselves out of the way. Emptying ourselves. This is, is this not the lesson of the cross? The paradox of the cross? The mystery of the Christian life? Is this not the meaning of love? This is my body given for you. And as I pointed out decades ago, those same words are used to define the culture of death and to define the culture of life. Jesus says it. This is my body given up for you. That's love. That's pro-life. Let's pray for this generosity. You know, this is what Mother Teresa said. You look at her prayer breakfast speech from 1994. Here's how we stop abortion. Teaching the mother to love. Not just teaching her that this is a child. She may well know that this is a child. That's her problem, not the, not the answer. She says, I don't want to give myself to this child. Now the spiritual reality kicks in. Teaching her, Mother Teresa said, to love, to sacrifice her own plans and desires so that she can welcome that child in love. Let's pray that this indeed be the attitude and the commitment of all to whom God has entrusted the new life of a child. Let us pray. Father, we pray your blessing now. Your, send your Holy Spirit now upon every mom who is afraid to be a mom afraid of the baby growing within her, terrified of the prospects of changing her center of gravity and welcoming a new life. Every dad whose heart trembles at the thought of now having to care for a new life, send the Holy Spirit right now to these people with his comfort and strength and conviction that they indeed can find happiness and fulfillment in giving themselves away for that new life. Inspire your people who are pro-life and who are working for this cause, Lord God, to utilize the arguments we have from natural reason and from science, but not to think that that is completely enough, not to think that that is the end of the story, but enable them in speaking to the public, most of whom are people of faith, that they would engage people in the fullness of their convictions and beliefs to show how our faith and how these lessons of the cross inform our commitment to pro-life. 
Bless your people, Lord, and bless all the intentions that we have offered to you today. Fulfill all the needs of your people as they express those needs or hold them in their hearts. And we pray together now the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thank you, friends. Join me each day for these scripture reflections. Spread the word. Thank you for what you do for the cause of life, and we will talk to you soon. Dear young people, I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, director of Priests for Life. On October 22nd, we observe the feast day of St. John Paul II, the Pope of Life. And here at Priests for Life, we have a novena starting on October 14th. And we invite you to say a daily prayer in thanksgiving for John Paul II, which you can find at prayercampaign.org. I'm going to pray that prayer with you now. And in the presence of this beautiful relic, which is some of his blood, on a piece of the last cassock he wore. This was given to us by Cardinal Stanislaw Jeevish, who was his personal secretary throughout his pontificate. So we in the pro-life movement especially look to John Paul II for continued encouragement and prayers and, of course, teaching from his beautiful document, Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life. Let's pray now in honor of this great saint, the Pope of Life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father and Lord of life, your Son Jesus Christ conquered the power of death by his own death and resurrection and made us the people of life, called to proclaim, celebrate, and serve the gospel of life. We praise you for the gift of life, the first and most fundamental gift you give us, and the foundation of all our other rights. We thank you for raising up St. John Paul II, the Pope of Life, and for his teaching and witness to life's value. Grant that we may respond to his call to bring an end to abortion, euthanasia, and all assaults on human life, and to unite in a great campaign in support of life. Bring us a culture of life. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.